The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. And hello again, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. I'll be joined in a few minutes by my co-host. This week, it's Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Subbing this week, my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. This week on the show, we'll discuss a number of topics, including talking a little bit about what Athletico has for the golfers. They've got an outstanding golf performance center at their Oakbrook facility. Joe Estes, one of their physical therapists and health science professionals will join us from Athletico. Also this week, we'll be joined by Gerard Ayakugo from the Jim Paris Fitness and Wellness Center in Chicago. We'll talk about the benefits of kettlebell training. Interesting conversation there. And then we will close it off with Dr. Nick Berman, myself, talking about what it means to be a head team physician in Major League Baseball. He, of course, the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, talk about the duties and how to keep these players on the field and what goes into being the White Sox do top doctor. Stay with us. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Back to get it going after this on ESPN. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Uh, ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy, better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everyone. Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Be sure to follow our blog for lots of valuable content on fitness, nutrition, sports injury prevention, and treatment. You can go to info at smwhome.net or sportsmedicineweekly.com. Steve Cashel. Dr. Nick Verma subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Nick is one of the uh, surgeons and sports medicine specialists at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And so happy he's uh, able to join us uh, here on this Saturday morning. Our producer is Felix Reyes and our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Dr. Uh, Nick Verma, let me ask you, you golfer at all? I am. I enjoy a good round of golf. Good, good, good. So when the golfers come through the office, we have such a short season, I always feel like, here in the Chicagoland area, long winter, and people are dying to get their golf in. The weather has been a little iffy. Great in February, not so good in March, and then April was okay, and now May has been kind of on and off in June. Here we go with uh, trying to uh, get some good weather on hand. But well, who's coming through the office when you see any golfers, Dr. Nick Verma? Uh, and what injuries are you seeing? Well, I think you're exactly right, Steve. You know, the problem that we see is that we go from zero to 60 overnight. You know, we'll have a 30-degree day and then a 70-degree day, and everybody's out on the course. So for the most part, we see primarily overuse injuries, and I would say the top three issues that uh, golfers deal with are, number one, back problems or back soreness, number two, elbow problems, uh, things like uh, golfer's elbow, which is epicondylitis, and then shoulder issues, things like rotator cuff tendonitis or soreness in, in the shoulders. So those are the things we deal with. Fortunately, most of them are overuse and are dealt with non-surgically, and um, it's uncommon that we see a true golf injury that's a, a serious one. I know Dr. Cole and I have uh, talked in the past about that uh, golf elbow. Mm-hmm. Different than, he always tells me, different than tennis elbow, right? Yeah, so tennis elbow is on the outside or lateral portion of the elbow. Golfer's elbow is on the inside or the medial portion of the elbow. So they're just two different locations in the elbow itself. What's the best treatment? 
uh, as we'll probably hear from our guest, it's uh, stretching ice anti-inflammatories and just taking a break from the activity. All right, let's bring our next guest. He uh, does a wonderful job. He's been at it a long time, and it's Athletic Coach Joel Estes, a physical therapist and certified golf fitness instructor at Athletic Coast Golf Performance Center in Oakbrook, Illinois. Joe, how are you? Hey, good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me on again. I always love talking with you on the show. Yeah, and I love your uh, Athletico Golf Performance Center. Uh, tell us, I know it's right across from the malls. I've been there many times, and um, people don't realize they see Athletico facilities kind of all over the Chicagoland area, all over the country, but you guys do something specific there in your Oakbrook facility, right? Yeah, I mean, we're really fortunate with the facility that we have. I know you've seen it, and we even have some new additions that you haven't seen, but uh, we are the only golf performance center that we have in the entire company uh, at this point. So uh, some of the technology we have is awesome, and the newest addition that we have here is our uh, indoor golf simulator um, that we're able to do some training on with some of my patients. Uh, We're able to have some out-of-pocket services where people can come in and use the driving range mode. Uh, We have 60 real-life golf courses. You can come in and play nine holes or 18 holes with your friends. Um, And it's really cool. It gives you all the data, most of the data that TrackMan gives you, so you can see all sorts of cool um, kind of sciency type numbers when you're swinging. So it's a really good addition to the facility that we just got back in the winter. So looking forward for people to come and check it out this year. So, Joe, you know, I've been out there before, and, and again, it is, as Steve said, a beautiful facility. You know, one of the things that was really intriguing to me is when typically when people go to see a golf professional, they're talking about things like their swing plane and whether they're slicing or hooking the ball and how do they correct it. But what was interesting to me is when I went through the analysis, what they were really looking at is muscle performance and where was I weak, where was I strong, what were the specific exercises that I could do to not only improve my golf game but also try to help keep you healthy on the course. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys are different from a traditional lesson? Yeah, there's a lot of different things that uh, between the professionals. And when we look at any PGA touring pro, they're going to have a multitude of people on their team. And just like a touring pro, amateurs, you know, and everyday weekend warrior golfers can have that same thing. The teaching pro, like you said, is going to go through more of the swing uh, planes, like you talked about, how to correct your slice or your hook, all those things you mentioned. Whereas a a movement expert such as myself, a physical therapist who's also trained in golf fitness and uh, body mechanics in relation to the golf swing, we're going to look at this, uh, we're going to look at it more from the body, uh, looking at flexibility, mobility, uh, balance and stability and strength and the importance of how that kind of correlates to things that can show up in your swing um, from more of a performance standpoint. So it's nice because I can identify not just uh, injury um, kind of patterns that people might be showing with their spine angle or their amount of uh, posture, the amount of posture that they have or roundness in their upper back that could lead to shoulder injuries like you mentioned. Uh, But we can also look at performance issues of, you know, oh, well, the right hip is weak and it's not allowing you to drive, you know, to the left side to create more power. So we're able to see a lot of things uh, on how your body's working to give you the most efficient, uh, most kind of performance-based swing, but also the, the safest swing to keep you out on the golf course all season. Joe S is our guest from Athletico. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Nick Verma, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Coates, Sports Medicine Weekly, talking about the ways uh, weekend uh, warriors, uh, golfers can prevent injuries. And uh, I asked Dr. Nick to open the segment here talking about common injuries he's seen at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And uh, what do you, Joe, what do you see at Athletico and how can they be avoided? 
Yeah, so, I mean, we're lucky to have occupational therapists in our company. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't get to work with a lot of the patients that come in with the elbow pain that Dr. Verma was talking about. Uh, but I agree that the golfer's elbow on the inside of the elbow and even tennis elbow are both common uh, in the golf swing. And just because we call it tennis elbow doesn't mean it doesn't show up in the golf swing. Uh, and a lot of times that has to do with kind of mechanics in the swing that we can identify. Uh, but then I also 100% agree that usually a lot of things show up as spine-related low back pain. Uh, and the funny thing is, is even though the patient might be complaining of low back pain, a lot of times if you do a little bit of digging and look at their mid-back or upper back and how much they rotate there, or looking at their hip range of motion, looking at their uh, rotation for, for their hips uh, and the strength they have in their hips and their core, usually a lot of times the pain shows up in the lower back, but it could be uh, coming from you know, somewhere above or below the lower back. Steve, I don't know about you, but when I play golf, I usually show up at the tee about a minute before my tee time. Seems my, like it, yeah. My first swing is uh, on the on the first tee, and usually my ball ends up somewhere in the woods. But, Joe, that's obviously not ideal. Can you give us a, a quick uh, recommendation regarding warm-up exercises that are helpful before going out for a round that can help you stay healthy? Yeah, sure thing. So. Uh, looking at warm-up before you play, this is very similar data to what you're going to look at for any other active uh, sport or uh, fitness activity. You want to look at some sort of an active warm-up. So you don't want to kind of you don't want to go into your typical static stretching where you're kind of stretching a muscle and holding it for a long period of time. You want to think of some sort of active warm-up that's going to increase blood flow to the area uh, to get the joints moving through their full range of motion. Uh, so I, I do a couple of exercises, and some of these exercises you, you know you can do before you leave to the course, or some of them you can do on the first tee. Uh, I kind of like a, a, a thoracic rotation stretch where you can take any one of your irons, uh, put it behind your upper back, and get into a little bit of a squat position, and then just kind of rotate your upper back side to side, you know, back and forth, uh, maybe like 10 times to each direction. Uh, I like more of an active hamstring stretch where you can kind of do some uh, kind of forward forward bends to reach towards your toes. You know, you want to keep your belly in tight so you're not bending your spine a lot, but, you know, kind of going down and reaching for your toes, you know, and coming back up and doing that more as a repetition and not so much as a static hold. Uh, and then there's some other exercises I would recommend more laying down, like say, you know, in the living room before you get in the car. Uh, I really like a bridge. A bridge is a phenomenal exercise. It just gets your glutes warmed up. It gets your core muscles uh, warmed up. And for that, you just lay on your back with your knees bent. You kind of pull your, your belly in tight to kind of activate your core muscles. And then you lift those hips up off the ground to use your glutes to kind of get those muscles warmed up and just increase their activation as you get ready to play. Uh, if you want to look kind of real funky on the first tee, there's a study that has shown that if you do uh, three to five powerful squat jumps where you kind of squat down and then jump up as high as you can, it increases uh, club performance. We're looking at driver distance and club head speed. Uh, so just a good way to get some uh, of the muscles, the key muscles warmed up in the legs uh, to produce some power. Great stuff. His uh, Twitter handle is at Joe Estes, J-O-E-E-S-T-E-S-P-T. Their website is athleticogolfcenter.com. So you have your own Athletico website and then there's an Athletico Golf Center website, correct, Joe? Correct. Yep. Fantastic. Hey, great stuff. Uh, Man, again, you guys have a wonderful facility there. It's at the Oakbrook um, Athletico right across from uh, Oakbrook Center, the mall. And we suggest to our listeners to go over there, check it out, give these guys a call, check out their website because Athletico does a great job, especially in uh, my favorite sport, the realm of golf. So thanks, Joe, for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. You guys, Steve, thank you very much. Thank thanks, you. Joe. All right, we're back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this on ESPN 1000.
Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-Day Transformation Wellness Bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, Fat-Burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love Love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K A R E N M A L K I N.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograph designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly, back with you on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel. Joined by Dr. Nick Verma. He's the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and sports medicine specialist, surgeon for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, subbing this week for my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. And uh, Dr. Verma, uh, I brought up to Dr. Cole a few weeks ago that I um, I didn't fall down the stairs. I tripped down the stairs. Doesn't that sound better? It sounds much better. <laughs> at home, we have hardwood stairs. I'm asking my wife to put the carpeting on the stairs. Oh, my goodness. It's so painful. And I was diagnosed with a broken rib or two, Okay. And um, uh, actually, I went to Dr. Cole, and he said, you know what? Forget the pain medicine uh, as far as narcotic pain pill. Let's do three to four ibuprofen and two acetaminophen at the same time with food. And you know, it really helped. And I was like, oh, that's too much. I've never taken that much in my life. He said, no, don't worry. You'll be fine. It really was very successful. But I want to get into a little bit about narcotic addiction. And are you guys trying to kind of... Uh, you know, wean people off the off the pain medication other than the over-the-counter. Yeah, so this is a huge issue that you see in uh, public health today, which is the quote-unquote opioid epidemic. And opioids are essentially narcotic pain medication. They're things like oxycodone, Norco, Vicodin. Those are the most common uh, trade names that you hear. And the problem is that these medications are extremely habit-forming. So you, you get a lot of individuals who are taking a narcotic medication for a reasonable purpose, post-surgery, back pain, et cetera. And then they become uh, essentially addicted to them because they're, they're just so powerful medications in terms of the uh, ability to create a habit-forming tendency. So we've really tried to get away from using narcotics whenever possible. And the new term that's out there is this uh, concept of what we call multimodal pain management, which is what can we do in addition or in substitute to narcotics to try to help people with pain 
that uh, allows us to decrease the tendency to use narcotics, the frequency or the duration which they're using narcotics. And that's what Dr. Cole did with you, is he used a number of substitute medications. He altered the dosage, how you were taking them, the combination of medications in order to let you recover and be comfortable after a rib fracture, which is extremely painful, but not need the, the stronger pain medication. Yeah, when do you know? I, I was wondering, because I said, boy, I never took more, you know, and it's Motrin or Advil or Aleve as the ibuprofen and extra Tylenols like the acetaminophen. And I'm wondering, when is it too much? Does it hurt your stomach? I mean, because I said I never took that much of my life in one sitting, obviously with food and everything, but I ran home that after that show and, uh, and I did that and was on a kind of a regular basis for a while, and it's really helped. But what I'm wondering is, because we have one of our producers say, boy, I could never take acetaminophen. It really destroys my stomach. So yeah. when, when do you know? So, so there's a couple of guidelines. Number one is understanding what the toxicology of each is. So for Tylenol, the big problem is liver failure. Okay. So overdose on Tylenol causes uh, liver disease and the... And the uh, daily dosage limit is two grams. So um, one of the problems that we see, for example, is patients who are taking Vicodin, which is a combination of Tylenol and codeine, and then take additional Tylenol on top of that. Yeah. So when you look at your Tylenol dosage, you just want to make sure you're not exceeding two grams in a day. The big problem with ibuprofen or uh, naproxen, which is a leave, is kidney problems. So you can really shut down your kidneys if you take too much. So the dosage there is generally um, two aleves, which is 400 to 500 milligrams twice a day. Okay. Or on the ibuprofen front, it's 800 milligrams up to four times a day. Okay. So you can really take much more. I don't want to say much more, but you can take more than what's written on the bottle, particularly if you're under a doctor's supervision. And we use these medications often in combination, combining medications together um, to help decrease pain. And then the other thing that we do is we use um, uh, non-medication supplements. So one of the big things we use in the surgery realm now is uh, cold therapy or cryotherapy. So we use these devices that provide continuous cold in combination with compression um, that, in my mind, have been one of the single best um, advantages or, or advances that we've seen in post-surgical care to try to decrease narcotic usage. Yeah, Dr. Cole brought that up. He said, hey, don't you know, don't think that you can only ice for 24 hours. Because I remember when I played a round of golf and I was so worried about playing a round of golf with my broken ribs. And I did it, you know, within a, a few weeks. And I was so happy I got the round of 18. But I was a little sore back there. Put some ice on it. Yep. It doesn't have to be within yep. the first 24 hours of the initial injury, correct? It doesn't. And it doesn't have to end after 24 hours. The big issue is you've got to make sure you're controlling the temperature. So always keep something between your skin and the ice so you don't end up with freezer burn. Most of the contemporary ice units now have a temperature control that doesn't allow them to get cold enough. Um, to hurt your skin, but but we do recommend that people ice for the first 72 hours after an injury. All righty, great stuff. Dr. Nick Verma, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon and Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel, back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly as our coverage continues here on ESPN 1000. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait. Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. 
Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident. At work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Welcome back, everyone. Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel along with my co-host this week, Dr. Nick Verma. He is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon, and Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Subbing this week, my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Verma, have you ever lifted kettlebells or done a kettlebell workout? I have not, Steve. I can tell you that um, it certainly has become popular recently. I know that our, our strength and conditioning coach, Alan Thomas, with the White Sox, incorporates kettlebells into their uh, workouts with the professional guys. And there certainly has been some very interesting data to suggest that even somebody who's well-conditioned or considers themselves to be an, a, a high-level athlete can see significant benefits from incorporating them into their workout. So I'm interested to hear from our next guest about that. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this segment for a long time here on Sports Medicine Weekly and the benefits of kettlebell training. And our guest in studio with us to help discuss this is Gerard Iacullo, Senior Director at Jim Karras Fitness and Wellness. And uh, Gerard, how are you? I'm really good tonight, Steve, and I'm uh, happy to be on your show. Good. I appreciate it. So uh, I'm thinking kettlebells. You know, you, you watch the, um, the one of the, what's it on, Showtime, one of those series with, um, uh, uh, who am I think, Spartacus, you know, I'm thinking these guys, that's what they lifted back in the Roman days, right? They lifted kettlebells. How long has it been around? What do you know the history of it? You know, uh, kettlebells, uh, if, if you if you have never seen one before, it basically looks like a cannonball with a handle on it. Yeah. And and you're right about the uh, the seeming antiquity because... I remember as a kid looking at pictures of old-time strongmen from the 1800s hoisting these <laughs> cannonball-like weights with handles on them. And uh, in reality, they date back several hundred years. And whether it's correct or not, the Russians take credit for their, uh, their rise and for their use. And, of course, uh, so they were being used a long time ago there and uh, in more recent years migrated to the U.S. and now are a very popular training tool in a lot of different scenarios. Who brought it to the Midwest or the, uh, the U.S.? Well, the, the person that's most credited is a uh, Russian named Pavel Sasolin. And he has a very unusual last name. And I, I hope I'm not butchering it. If I am Pavel, I'm sorry. But I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of meeting him approximately 16 years ago. I was at a, uh, a large fitness sporting event called the Arnold Classic, which is hosted every year in March in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, it's a, a huge arena uh, that is uh, populated with uh, various uh, martial artists, powerlifters, Olympic lifters, and everybody that has an, even an ounce of muscle on their body or does something related to muscle is there. And uh, Pavel was this rather uh, average-looking gentleman at first glance, and he was standing there by himself with a kettlebell that weighed approximately 84 pounds. And these large muscular behemoths, as you might imagine, who attend these events was, were walking past him, and he would challenge them 
to pick up this odd-looking object and see if they could press it overhead, and most of them failed. And then he would very easily clean it and press it overhead, weighing all of 165 pounds himself. Wow. And I got to meet him that day. And uh, so he's the person that's really credited for the popularization of it here in the U.S. Gerard, you know, most people think that a weight's a weight, right, whether you lift a dumbbell or, or uh, a kettlebell. What's the advantage of the kettlebell? What, what other factors play a role in terms of the, the workout that you get? Well, what's unusual about the kettlebell, doctor, is that it is an offset load. So if you can imagine holding a dumbbell in your hand, the weight is balanced in your hand. But if you pick up a kettlebell, again, it resembles a cannonball with a handle attached to it. So when you pick it up, it has an entirely different feel because it hangs off of the back of your hand, thus really affecting the way the load is transmitted through the body. And there's particular exercises where that really uh, pays off versus using a dumbbell in that case. Like what? Give us some examples. Well, uh, for example, the, the signature movement of, of the kettlebell exercise protocols is called the swing. And the swing is really nothing more than if you can imagine standing up on your feet and hinging backward at the hips. So a kettlebell swing requires the, uh, the practitioner to hold onto the kettlebell with both hands to hinge at the hips thus allowing the weight to pass in between his or her legs and then to swing it back upwards to approximately parallel to the ground. That's the kettlebell swing. That cannot be replicated with a dumbbell or a balanced weight because the offset load is what requires the individual both to decelerate the weight as well as reaccelerate it as they express the weight forward. Interesting stuff. Gerard Ayakul is with us, Senior Director at Jim Karras Fitness and Wellness. I'm Steve Cashel, Dr. Nick Verma, my co-host this week for Brian Cole. The benefits of kettlebell training. Interesting stuff, isn't it, Doc? Yeah, it is, absolutely. And I think, I think the key here is the unbalanced nature of the weight, which requires you to basically stabilize your trunk and your core in order to keep the weight centered so you don't tip backwards or forwards. So um, what, what are the – you take somebody who's pretty well-developed or strong or works out regularly. How much difference can you see with a, with a kettlebell workout in terms of the additional strength that they can gain? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Doctor. Um, the, uh, the kettlebell – really provides a variety of different attributes. Um, It can be used as a strength-building tool, the same way a barbell or a dumbbell can be used, but it also can be used to promote power. And power is often a neglected uh, characteristic uh, within a gym setting. Most people go to the gym and they think in terms of either getting strong or sculpting or developing their body, but power, unlike strength, is the ability to, to produce force quickly. And all athletes require power. And even normal people, adults, men, women of all ages, uh, require power in day-to-day life. And a great example of that is if you're a 75-year-old woman and you're walking along a Chicago street on an icy day and you slip, there's a, uh, you, re- you need your nervous system to be able to respond quickly in order to reach out and break your fall and possibly avoid a severe injury. Working with kettlebells, um, utilizing power components like a swing, for example, educates your nervous system to respond quickly to force so it has a tremendous amount of carryover and transfer with athletes or with lay people alike. Wonderful stuff. Really uh, interesting about kettlebells. Where do we find them, Gerard? Well, nowadays you can find them everywhere from uh, Amazon.com to Dick's Sporting Goods to uh, your typical JCPenney or Sears retailer. That's how popular they've grown. Uh, they're heavy objects. And so if you order them online, uh, the biggest cost is going to be the shipping in terms of getting them to you. But nearly every retailer, any sporting goods store, and even a lot of your department stores now will have kettlebells up to a certain amount of weight. If you're looking for something heavier, you're more advanced, or you're purchasing for a facility, you're probably best to go online. And Amazon is a great place to get them. Uh, there's a numerous places you can buy them from, though. What about gyms uh, locally in uh, the Chicagoland area? 
Uh, most gyms nowadays carry them. However, it's not atypical to walk into a gym and find kettlebells that only maybe go up to 35 pounds, which provides a parameters by which certainly you can begin to dip your toe in the water. But if a person really wants to get serious about kettlebell use, you need to be in a facility that goes that that accommodates heavier weights. For example, at uh, at Jim Carris Intelligent Fitness and Wellness, our kettlebells go up to 100 pounds. And as heavy as that sounds, uh, I have women in their 60s and 70s who will do certain exercises with a kettlebell of that weight. Is that right? And is this is this something you integrate into your normal workout, or does this become the exclusive workout? It's uh, it's certainly not exclusive. Um, having said that, uh, very much like politics, um, fitness has its camps, and there are camps out there that exclusively use kettlebells. Uh, at, at our facility, we look at kettlebells as a tool. You know, we use elastic bands, we use barbells, dumbbells, body weight, and we use kettlebells as well. And there are some very distinct exercises that we use exclusively with kettlebells, uh, but we're not exclusively using it as a sole tool. Good stuff. And uh, jimkaras.com, J-I-M-K-A-R-A-S. That's correct, website. Yes. And uh, hey, I uh, really appreciate it, uh, Gerard. Interesting stuff. It's a topic I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I know they have them at the gym that I work out. I'm very limited. You usually see the dumbbells, right? Right. The barbells. These are the kettlebells. And I'm going to go, well, i got to figure it out. Maybe I'll go online or go to your website, right, and figure out some movements. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, sir. All right. Back with more Sports Medicine Weekly uh, after this on ESPN Radio. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator and producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.